Hey guys, and welcome to No Sense Magic, a podcast about Magic the Gathering for Magic the Gathering players, new and old alike. Our Twitter handle is No Sense Magic, in case you guys have any questions or there are things that you don't understand. You guys can reach out to us there, and we will do our best to answer your questions. Um, I myself, my handle is Kalia of the Vast, one of my personal favorite magic cards. She's sneaky and creative, and that's why I chose that particular handle. My co-host here, Sakashima, will explain to you guys why he picked his handle. Well, like my co-host said, um, my name is Sakashima, particularly of the Thousand Faces. The reason I picked him is because he breaks the legendary rule, and I kind of like breaking rules sometimes. Um, that being said, this, like she said, this podcast is for anyone that's interested in the Magic the Gathering, just getting in, old, new, trying to figure things out. Uh, we will try to do our best uh, to give you our knowledge and our know-how on the what how the game works, how to build it, color choices, purposes, uh, terminology, and rulings, and so much more, just like the legendary rule I mentioned earlier. Absolutely. We are here for you guys to try and help you out for the best understanding that we can give you. And if we can't get you an answer from us personally, being as we still learn ourselves, we will do our best to find somebody or some way who knows it better, and we will get that answer to you. Now, just as a personal disclaimer uh, for us in this podcast, we followed the basic rules aligned with Wizards of the Coast. After that, we pretty much throw everything in the frying pan and the kitchen sink out the window. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Life totals don't apply. The ban list, play sets, specific play sets. We are very casual, and whatever you know, you can build you know, pretty much goes. Um, the only thing that we require is that you play by a basic 60-card um, deck build, and you play with a playset, which is four of the same copies of a card, or otherwise stated, like, the card types Relentless Rats or Persistent Petitioners, where those are, any number of those copies are allowed. Um, proxies allow us to play with cards that are way more expensive than a lot of us can afford. But it allows us to uh, be creative and have an outlet to see exactly what we are capable of. And it's something that we enjoy. And the proxies help us, you know, see our deck without actually going and purchasing those set cards if we can afford them at the time. The biggest thing about this podcast is we are just regular, average, everyday players. We are not professionals. We are not pros. We play for the sheer fun of it, and we play very casual just to see what will happen. If you can think it, build it. If you can build it, play it. And if you can play it, try and kick your other competitor's backside and do it well. Yep. And with that being said, let the games begin. The biggest thing about this podcast that we want to be able to do for you guys is we want you to be comfortable asking us questions. There is no such thing as a dumb question except one that is not asked. We, by no means, have all the answers to everything that is out there. Sakashima and myself are still learning as the games progress and as the cards come out. Um, if we cannot answer a question for you, we will ask around and we will find somebody that does have an answer so we can get that to you so you guys have all that knowledge in your back pocket so it makes it easier for you guys to play and have a better understanding. Like I said, we don't know everything and as new cards come out, now, they add new complexities and whatnot to the game. But again, if there's any questions or anything, you can find us on Twitter at NoSenseMagic. So, 
But any questions that you guys have, please feel free to ask them. Like Kalia said, there is no such thing as a dumb question other than the ones that are not asked. So the way I got into magic is through Kalia here. Uh, she asked if I played, and I said, well, it's honestly been a while. I had some cards from middle school, so I took a look and found out I had pretty much a, a deck pretty much ready to go. Um, it was something that was a lot of fun. And I remember going down to the card shop and playing with my brother, who's been playing a lot longer than I have. And we played for a little bit, and even though I lost every game, I still had fun with it all the way. And then that's where Kali helped me understand the game more fully, and I realized that I've become a more of a blue-black player. And magic's can be taken in so many different ways. You can build whatever you want. A lot of things that a lot of people do. For for example, Kali here does a lot with angels. So it's not a hundred percent true though, Sakashima. I'm flattered, but I only have the one angel deck. You can't say I do a whole lot when I only got the one. Yes, but it's also very powerful, so... Between you and me, it's powerful. Somebody else out there in the universe might not think as much. It's very true. So how did you get into magic, then? Honestly, I first encountered magic when I was back in high school, so about 2007. I know, for some of you guys, that's an eternity. Besides that... Um, a couple of kids were playing Magic at a table in the cafeteria, and they handed me a, a, a deck of some kind that somebody built, and I just plainly, distinctly remember the lands that were swamped from forest, but I don't know the the, care, the creatures that were in it. Um, when I told my mother that I had wanted to start to learn how to play Magic the Gathering, she firmly put her foot down and told me that there's no way in hell that was happening for other reasons. Um, which we'll cover on a later point in this particular podcast. Um, my next encounter was the the boyfriend I had at the time, um, several years later, actually was is what's considered an OG player. And he went out of his way to teach me, and I can't tell you, six months worth of losing? Holy crap. It gets to a person. But when I had my first win, it's like it's when it's really caught on for me. And, you know... Even me, and I've been playing seven years, I do get my backside kicked quite a bit. But you know what? Even as an experienced player, you take your punches and your losses where they are, you grab your cards, you shuffle up, and you deal again, and you play. Because, again, this is just for fun. I like that. This game is something to be enjoyed with people, with friends. It's not something that is super competitive. Yes, there is that competitive side of the game and whatnot and wanting to win. That at the end of the day, for us, it's about having fun. That we want to enjoy what we love. And it's something that we've come to really enjoy. I agree with you, Sakashima. And, you know, we actually have a playgroup that gets together between every Sunday and every Monday. One of the two days. And we'll play anywhere from, you know, 10 11 o'clock in the morning until about 10 or 11 o'clock at night. You know, and it's just very casual, free-for-all play. And there's a lot of laughs and a lot of frustration that does go around. But again, it's the sky's the limit. You play, you build, you shuffle, and you do it all over again. Mm -hmm. And there's something always to be learned. And if we're not learning in magic, we're probably missing a point or two. 
So like I said earlier about being blue and black, um, those are my two favorite color choices out of the five-color wheel of Magic. The uh, reason why I like in particular is I like the blue cards being able to draw and having a card like Farquify, where you get to turn a big creature, your opponent's big creature into a 1-1 frog, which I think is just absolutely hilarious. And I said, like, well, why not do it? And then the black of the reanimating creatures and whatnot, bringing stuff back from the graveyard. And we'll talk about, like, all the points of, like, battlefield, graveyard, drawing cards, things like that um, in the future. Um, and with that as well, me being newer to Magic, I'm a modern slash standard, so mainly play the newer sets and some of the, it's a little bit of the older stuff, but not too much for myself. As Akashima put it, he is a black-blue player. I've played against him enough to know that that those are his favorites. And it's very easy to get comfortable in a certain color block. And I'm not judging you on that. Not at all. That's where you're the most comfortable, and that's where you feel that you're the strongest. Yep, this is very, very true. Like, there's just something that I truly love. Blue-black's always been one of the perfect covers ever since Theros uh, Beyond Death um, showed me that. So, Me personally, though, I don't actually have a specific color type, color that I gravitate to. I play all the colors, and for some odd reason, I can make the colors function outside of what they would normally be classified as. I can make a green deck function as red, which is more of an aggro. I can make, you know, red-white function as something else, and I can make black red function outside of its normal color wheel as well. I don't have a personal preference. I like to just be as creative and open minded as I can be and just kinda see where the doors take me. And I'll tell you what, it's had some very nasty consequences for my friends. Yes, and me being on one of those receiving ends. But that's what we are. We enjoy this game quite a bit and we like to throw throw things at the wall sometimes to see what sticks and what doesn't. As I mentioned before, you know, I've been playing about about seven years, give or take, and I still play cards with my mentor, and he comes around every now and then, and, you know, Sakashima and myself are always learning, and as the new sets come out, he is also learning with us, but he also is kind of a rules guru, so he helps us understand how the cards operate and the text on them when he's not around, to a better degree of we've, we just, you know, read it once and we're like, oh yeah, that's how it works. My personal playstyle is I am more of modern, vintage, and some legacy because I've had access to older stuff compared to Sakushima, and I like to see how creative I can be by bringing some of the older stuff forward. And unfortunately, this is going to sound bad. No offense, Sakushima. Um, you know, creatively kicking my opponent's teeth in. And those are the moments that we absolutely love is being able to quote unquote kick each other's teeth in. To see what kind of craziness we can come up with. At the end of the day, I'm very happy when I can just go holy, and I'm like, I can't believe that worked. Another thing that we want to talk about here on the No Sense Magic podcast is the stigma that is attached to Magic the Gathering, as well as like D&D, Warhammer, and others. For some odd reason, people assume that, you know, one of the ones that's been directed at me, you know, when I tell people that I play magic, is, you know, well, no offense, sweethearts are like, pretty girls don't play magic. 
you know, only nerds or people that are antisocial get into things like that. Um, I've been told that basically when I said, you know, that there was some other stigma attached, my mother put her foot down about me playing. She was under the impression that it was um, a way of summoning demons or evil things into the world. It was she thought that it was a portal or a gateway that would lead to things like that. Um, you know, there have been people that are just like, you don't have to think that hard to play magic. There's nothing strategic about it. You know, you don't have to do a whole bunch of math. And I just look at people and I'm like, are you kidding me? Sakashima here actually witnessed the game between me and my mentor, where he was actually keeping track of the math involved. We broke two phone calculators, and we also broke the life counter app on a third phone, because that's just how out of hand it got, because there were no rules. It was a life game deck versus angels with plus one, plus one counters. I mean, it got ridiculous. It was very ridiculous on the amount of how crazy that, that went. The stigmas are something that, you know, we are trying to break, because not, you know, you don't have to be a ner complete and total nerd to play something, or an introvert, or someone that hasn't, quote-unquote, no life. But this is a, a hobby that we all enjoy. We all have something that we all want to have. And magic should be something for every everyone. We shouldn't be gatekeeping things. Yeah, there's more to it than that. You know, I've been told, and I'm sure Sakashima's been told this as well, that, you know, it's a waste of time and money that we should just sell what we have and, you know, grow up and actually be adults. And honestly, you know, as long as you do your adult responsibilities and take care of the things that you need to, there's nothing wrong with going to your local card shop or anywhere else and picking up a few cards for yourself to actually add to your collection or to continue deck building. The stigma behind it is just ridiculous. There shouldn't be any. Like, if you find something that you love and you want to play and you want to enjoy it with, you know, your friends and whatnot, your looks, your mentality, and how smart you are, or educated, or how antisocial or super social you are should have nothing to do with it. And that just doesn't just go for Magic the Gathering. That goes for any hobby or anything that you might enjoy. So don't let people dictate the choices that you have. Don't let people bully you out of what you want to do either. Because there's nothing worse than having a playhood ruined because of somebody else's opinion when it shouldn't matter. So this is us and who we are at NOSF Magic. Again, if you have any questions like we've said uh, previously about Magic of the Gathering, please let us know. Uh, our social will be Twitter at NOSF Magic. The next episode, what we will be talking about is basic cards, types, and the terminology behind it, and how a board is ran. Yep, and on the topic of how a board state would be set up, we'll be talking about your battlefield, your graveyard, your hand size, um, as far as the number of cards you'll be able to hold, your library, exile, and your sideboard. Those are all important areas when initially trying to learn the game. Um, once you become a more experienced player, how you set up your board state is completely up to you. Everybody has their own little thing that you know makes their board state unique. But again, we will cover that on next week's episode of No Sense Magic. And from us at No Sense Magic, that'll be a good evening for us. And as we want to say, there's only nonsense in No Sense Magic.
And from us to you, may the odds be never in your favor, but may the heart of the cards always prevail. Good night, everybody. <laughs>